Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins, and I'm joined by my teammate, co-host, and one of my favorite Texas Aggies. Oh, and by the way, he also played Shrek in the musical. It's Joe Sewell. Wow. Did not think Shrek the Musical was going to come out in this podcast, but happy to be here, Shay. Yeah. Maybe you could sing an ensemble to close. Maybe I could. That would be awesome. Got to listen to the whole thing to see. So Joe Sewell, good friend of mine, excited to have him on a young gun around these can of cuck parts. We've got a great conversation today. It is the title of our podcast is Bring Your Juice. You may be wondering, what does that even mean? Well, I got to give a shout out to Coach Ethan Whaley from Indiana Wesleyan University, a great friend of mine. We've built a friendship over the years, and this is one of his catchphrases, bring your juice. And the way that he uses that on his team is he empowers each one of his players, uh, knowing that they each bring something unique to the team, their gifts, their personality, their experiences, their role on the team. It's it's Coach Whaley's endeavor to discover what what that like secret recipe is in each one of his players and then unleash it on the team. And what he's discovered that as people show up and they have the confidence to bring their juice, it makes the whole team better. And so we've been saying that around camp and really believe in that because we we want our leaders to thrive in their gifting. And we know that when they do our team's better. We've got some great leaders from our camps here to help unpack this idea of bringing your juice. I'll say that they're newer to the team, but they're also, they've been around forever. And you guys can explain that. We've got Keith and Hope West from KKY. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having us. You you are right. Old, definitely old, but, but definitely new. Old so, and new. Hope, explain yeah. that to us. How can both be true? Well, uh, I grew up coming to camp as a camper. I came to K-1 in 1985 for a month and uh, met Keith. I worked, actually, went to Texas A&M, worked at K-1 uh, through college. And then my last summer, ventured over to K-2 and met Keith there that summer. Changed your life. Changed my life, yes. Is that right? It oh, really yeah. did. Wow. <laughs> Keith, we just celebrated our 25th anniversary this past December. So we got married and uh, Keith spent 10 years at K2 over there as the director and in, in lots of different capacities. And then we've been gone for a really long time and just came back to Kanakuk at KKY uh, last summer. So we have a lot of uh, old experience, um, but a fresh new role and perspective, which we're really loving. I think we're, we're probably some of the only people that that walked hand in hand with Spike and Darnell and Joe and Debbie Joe in the in the younger years, you know. So I feel really old most of the time, Shay, when I'm around you and definitely the Aggie Joe oh, Sewell. Absolutely. Just, but we need we we need the they, they help me keep me keep me in in check on the young the young young blood. Well we're so thankful we reeled you guys back in and the families at Cake Hawaii have been blessed. And obviously, you know, one of the things that Keith does everywhere he goes is he brings energy and uh, has certainly brought energy over the family camp. And so we're excited. You're also great te team builders. And and that's 
you know, a big part of our conversation today. We do want to get to know you guys a little bit deeper. Joe is set with some important questions to help our audience get to know you better. We have a lot of listeners that are probably from the state of Texas, probably from a lot of colleges in the state of Texas. So my question to you would be, what is the best university in the state of Texas and why? This feels like a lot. That's an question. obvious question. I'll step in here. That would be Texas A&M. Wow. I'm class wow. of 96. Whoop. And uh, I would say- Her Keith, whole family went there. You're, you're, I mean, well, my siblings did. My yeah. parents adopted. My parents did not go, but they wish they would have. But I'm an associate Aggie. Yes. Uh, I went to the University of Tennessee. Go Vols. Uh, plus for grad school only. I went to a little small school called Gardner Webb University for undergrad, but then met Hope and uh, it indoctrinated. So I've, I'm all I'm all Aggies, you know. So the only wears three baseball hats: Aggies. Texas Rangers, Texas Aggies, and Tennessee Balls. Tennessee Balls. Yeah, that's all the three yep. you need. That's that's good. Right there. <laughs> a lot of T's. Yeah. Yep. Well, I'm glad to have some fellow Aggies on today. Uh, next next question, just to get to know you. This will tell us something about you. What song did you listen to on the way here to work today? You listen to any music on the way here? No, no music today, bro. Silence in the car. Although this morning I did do some, I did do some praise and worship, but I don't even know the the titles of them. Wow. Okay, so we, at least we know the genre. That's that totally something. Pra- you're, you're praise little, and worship. Little, little praise and worship. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. If you're on a road trip, is there any is there any specific album, specific genre you're listening to? Our our boys, teenage boys, are usually running the music, and they are really into country music. Country, so. yeah. I love it. I love it. Tennessee, Texas, and Texas A&M. No surprise you got some country there. Uh, my, my next question would be, what, what would be your last meal? Your last meal on earth, what, what would you want it to be? It's an obvious choice for me. Something Mexican, probably Chewy's, um, oh. chips oh, and queso. Wow. I would do the Lord's Supper, but I guess... <laughs> oh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Different camps. Tarnish uh, yeah. his halo over yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to Jesus duke you. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> Keith, what say you? Oh, on the Last Supper. Um, yeah, I would say Hope's, she, her guacamole, now that you said that, she, she can make some guacamole. Wow. It is unreal. Mm. Unreal. We need, to, we need to have that sometime as a director's meeting, Hope's guacamole. Although we have to finance it because avocados are pretty expensive nuggets. That's right. They're yeah. like little gold nuggets. Little gold nuggets, exactly. <laughs> little gold green A lot of nuggets. good fats in there <laughs> yeah. for your oh, health. Yeah. Come on. A lot no of good fats for your health. Let's go that's get awesome. fats. That's about that's about all I think that people need to know to get yeah, to know the West. That's enough to get started. Music and food. <laughs> all right. So food. let's let's start on a personal level. Uh, why do you guys believe it's important to know what your what juice you bring to the team? Your gifts, talents, passions. I mean, as leaders, as followers of Christ, why is that a big deal? It's a huge deal because you know when people operate outside of their giftings then it creates frustration and confusion and they're trying to put a square peg in a round hole and it doesn't fit and they wonder why and they feel like they're not being effective in the role that they're asked to play. You know, we've been in camp ministry for a long time and then we uh, we're out doing just everyday life stuff, work, living with people and, you know, doing just on the ground. We hold a CrossFit box and, and even in those areas, People are not in their giftings. They get really, really frustrated. And so when you hire somebody or bring somebody on the team and you're like, man, the nice guy, but then you ask them to do something that's not in their lane, then that creates a lot of real, real confusion and frustration. No doubt. Uh, let me, let me tag one on. So obviously working with athletes, both your, your boys are stud athletes, but you know, a lot of, when you look at a team, the makeup of a team there's often roles that are glorified, 
right? Whether it's a starting position or the managerial position or whatever it might be, you know, why is it important for, you know, some of these, the other roles to find that, that perfect fit and that gifting when it seems like the spotlight's all focused on on this person over here. That's funny you say that. So my kid plays quarterback. We know that everybody's eyes are on the quarterback. And, and when we go to the games, we always sit at the 50-yard line and there's this rail behind us. And the good old boys will sit behind us. And, you know, if Jed throws an interception or he has a, a uh, incomplete pass, then it's, oh, yeah. And, and Mama Bear over here will turn around you know, talking about, talking about Jed. So you either get all the praise and you're right up in the newspaper. It's all about that, or you're going to get all the blame. So that's a, that's one part about being a quarterback. But the thing that I think for us as parents with him, we've always said it's, it's, it's a team sport. And so he knows that the game is won between the tackles. Like that's where the game is. It's not won because he can throw a 60 yard bomb or that we can, you know, he can run. It's it's one because the linemen understand this is what they can do. They can't do the things that Jed does. Uh, and the wide receiver can't do the things to handle the ball like he does. But every part and every position is important. You know, I think in football, it's easy because the linemen know I have to do my job. I think sometimes in, in ministry or in, in life, it's, well, I want to do that, but you're, that's not your role. And, and you know, Jesus says, you know, everyone has their own little spot and their own little role. And when we understand those, those exact giftings, then we'll flourish. And I'll, I'll be honest, that's, that's been a, a lifelong process for me. But I may be getting off the subject here, Shay, but I think it's important to know that, you know, all of us, I think when we're, for me, at least when I was growing up, I, you know, thought, uh, I used to look and think, well, why, why, why am I not like that person? And, and this really, like, just just knocked me in the head when I was um, all through elementary school, all through grade school, played all the sports. I was the quarterback. I was the shortstop. Uh, I was the point guard on the basketball team. And then everything changed when I went to high school, everything. And I lived in a really small town, so I knew all the boys. But go away for the summer, come back for freshman football or for football. There was no freshman football. Everybody was in the varsity. And I remember getting hit by the exact same people and thinking – that actually hurt a lot more than it did last year because yeah. they grew and I didn't. Mm-hmm. So when I was a freshman, I was four foot 10, 83 pounds. And I've told this story many times and I was just tiny. Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with me? I did football that year. And then luckily I had this a wrestling coach that came through the hallways of Civil Webster High School. He was a, not a believer, just a salty old ex-Marine Awesome. And he came by and he, and he stopped me in the hallway and he said, hey, boy. I was like, yeah. yeah. And he said, you're going to be my 98 pounder this year. And I remember thinking, I don't know what that is, but yes, sir. Meaning he wanted me to go out for, sure. for wrestling and uh, did find some success in that. But I remember all the way through high school just really going, what's wrong with me? Because, you know, I mean, needless to say, there was no hopes lining up to date me in high school because mm. something was wrong. And even I had really great parents that were like, nothing's wrong. And you're, you know, have all these giftings and you have all this stuff. But I remember thinking, gosh, if I could just be six foot two. Well, God, when, you know, September 21st, 1970, he, he, he knit me in Carolyn's womb. And here's what you get. Um, and then fast forward to my first summer coming to Canuck. Uh, I remember 
driving the 16 hours out here in my mom's minivan going, what am I doing? I mean, you had to find that on a Ram McNally back then. I mean, I don't even know mm-hmm. if anybody listening to this knows what that is, but my yeah. old folk, you remember. And uh, drew, drove out there and pulled up. And I remember sitting in my first cabin. And at the time, D1 athletes were, they would come to work at a camp because they didn't have to be there all summer. And uh, Shay, I remember laying in that bed that night going, what am I doing here? I don't mm-hmm. belong. I'm, I have this really deep country accent. And this guy just played the Rose Bowl. This guy just played in the Orange Bowl. This guy plays basketball for Baylor. And I wrestle for Gardner Webb University. Finally, working at camp, and then, you know, God just, he said, you know, you're going to do that. You know, you're going to be the director at K2. And I remember thinking, what? This doesn't make sense to me. You know, there's many other people that, that can do this. For me, when I uh, started to realize, like, he did gift me in certain ways. And, and you know, when I start looking at myself that way and go, yeah, I'm not six foot two, but he, he, I think he, he gave me more vocal folds. Like I can, I can get up in front of a, a group of kids at KKY or any place and I can talk without a megaphone. Mm-hmm. And I never thought about that or I never thought like that I could literally talk all day long to people and, and engage with them mm-hmm. that in my mother's womb, he, he knitted a little bit of more vocal folds in my, in my, cause he says, I'm making you for a purpose. And that purpose is going to be, you know, be a camp director or, you know, be a school teacher or a college professor, which I've done. And when I step back and go, Oh, that's the gift. That's how you made me. And I want to flourish in that. Then it makes me go, you're right. You made me on that day. And I, I wish everybody out there would, would understand this, that he doesn't mess up. Mm. He just does. He, he can't mess up. And so I remember a lot of my life just thinking, you messed up. You messed up. Why didn't you, why didn't you make me this? Or why did, and I compared myself to other people. And if I really understood, I mean, there's nobody like me. No, no one like me. There's no one like my wife. Like there's just, I've never met another person like you, Shay, or you, Joe. You're just we're knitted and you came, you're here and you have this, this time that you're on earth that God says, I'm going to use you. And then we're so special. Like we're so unique and special in the way he made you. Hope, talk about your self-discovery journey and in your gifting. Mine probably actually came at K1 when I went, after my freshman year at A&M, I showed up and I had had a just a wonderful experience as a camper. And so was always eager to come back and work um, once I got the opportunity. But I remember in probably staff week, uh, possibly during the summer, I don't remember. I just remember though, that same comparison game, recognizing that I was not the skit girl. I was not the upfront girl. I was not the one sort of bringing the fun in my, in my eyes at that time. Uh, and I began to compare and just feel like, you know, this maybe isn't, isn't for me. I'm not, as much as I loved camp, maybe I'm not suited to, to, to be here. But then just recognizing and just the Lord just gently saying, you know, those aren't the only needs that we have, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm very much a behind the scenes support, more of a quiet role. And I guess in my own mind, in my own experience, that sometimes has seemed like a lesser need. The development of that came when I became a mom and just being able to love and listen and empathize. And probably, I think listening is probably one of the things that I enjoy doing the most, just being present with people and um, just loving them in a different way, in a unique way, not in a in an upfront um way. So I think that's what makes Keith and I such a great team because he is 
so engaging. He's so loud, charming and charismatic <laughs> and people are just drawn to him. And so I love just getting to come alongside him and just sort of join in uh, wherever it fits. So I just feel like he's so uniquely gifted in so many ways. A lot of people are good at administration or good at leading people or good at details or good at creativity. But I feel like he is just honestly like the whole package. And so I think that's just what makes him a really great game director and Look a good you. leader. Apparently she's an encourager too, because she just turned that back on you. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And I think no, I would, say, I would say the same thing. Like, you know, I think what she's taught me in 25 years of, of us being married is, is the listening thing. You know, I, I'm kind of like a processor and like, oh, you have a problem. Let me try to fix it. And she doesn't want me to fix your problem. She wants me to to just sit and listen. And that's been played out a lot with with our two boys that, you know, we raise them the exact, you know, hopefully the exact same way. But they're so, so different. And so uh, Jed is a lot like his mom. He's a processor and, and just so kind and such a tender heart. And and then Bo, he comes in and has never met a stranger. And that's the kind of the way I am. And so I think uh, one time... Uh, when I was working with Joe and, and walked with him all those years, uh, we were sitting down. He used to have a, a little hammock and a little uh, swing right outside his, his house down here at K1. And we were sitting on that swing one night. It was late. And it was before I got married. We got married. And he was, you know, as Joe does in his just so sweet and tender way, he, he just said, hey, uh, I just got some advice for you before you get married. He said, uh, hope, hope's not you and you're not hope. So don't make her you. And he just kind of let me sit there and marinate in it. And, you know, I think a lot of us will try to be like, gosh, if I could just be Shay Robbins, mm -hmm. or if I could just, if Hope would just be more like me and, you know, married couples out there, Hope's not me. God, she's one in a billion. She's one in whatever, how many people in the, in the I think there's, well, how there's many eight people? now. Eight, eight billion, billion people. Yeah. But, but I'm talking in the history of the, the fall of mankind since, since the, the, you know, the creation of the world. I'm really special because he made me and he made Shay and he made Joe and he made Hope. And so for me to go, well, why don't you be more like me? Well, that's an injustice because that's almost an allegation against God that he messed up. That's right. That's an allegation good. that, man, you, you really messed up. That's good. Yeah. So I think a follow-up question there, y'all both talked about how you kind of discovered your own giftings, but now as, as leaders of a staff at KKY, what's your goal for helping your teammates discover their gifts and, and how do you go about helping them find their gifts or their juice? Yeah. You know, a lot of it is, especially that first year, because we hire staff from all over, but just to identify, to, to watch and listen and, and, and see people, you know, in what they're doing and then try to guide them in that. I'm not this, uh, really in-depth personality test taker kind of guy. I'm kind of the Gary Smalley where you, where you find out if you're a retriever or a beaver or an otter. This is just my, I'm just a KIS. And the lion. Kind of, a yeah, lion, you, you know. Go. I'm reminded of Ephesians 2.10, you know, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. And I even think, you know, when people discover and become comfortable in who they are, you're talking about design that was meant for singular personal interactions. You know, I mean, maybe you have one interaction with somebody your entire life, but God designed you, chose you specific for that purpose and to be walking around in insecurity and trying to be somebody else, you're going to miss those opportunities. And what freedom there is 
to walk in the confidence of like, I, I am special. Like I am who I'm supposed to be. There's such peace in that. And I think too, I don't view this this way, but I think I've talked to a lot of stat, like ah, sometimes the Christian life's boring. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you, it can't be boring. And, and you, you know, I, one of my favorite chapters is, is Acts 17 and, I'm a storyteller kind of guy, and so I like the the journeys of Paul. And and though he he arrives in Greece and he uh, he observes all these, there's a there's a god to this and a statue to this and whatever. And so he gets in front of the 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 ruling and the the elites, and I'm sure that's intimidating because I would be completely intimidating. And he he says to them, "Hey, uh, I know you got a." Uh, a statue to Zeus, and I know you got a statue to whatever, but they also, uh, if you, you read, they had a statue to the unknown God. And so he says, so I know you have all these, and he's not knocking on them, and then he just says, but I want to talk to you about the unknown guy. Hmm. And so then he goes on to explain, he just lays out the gospel. I mean, he just kills it, you know, and probably going, they're going to kill me for doing this, but I'm, just, I'm going for it, because all I'm doing is talking about this statue you got over there. But if you miss it, the, the very end of it, he says, we tell you all this so, and, and Christ saves us so that God's not far from any of them. We, as his workmanships, we go out, and I, I've done this at our staff week, and we'll do it this year too, and is help them understand that you're on mission wherever you go, so that when you go to the grocery store and you go in the, the, the lane and someone's checking you out and, and you see that her name is Linda or you know, Billy or whoever, that you could talk to them and that you, that, that's a soul. That's somebody that, that God made in the Imago Dei and the image of God and that we're on mission wherever we go. What that reminded me of, or just even this whole discussion is only in the kingdom of heaven and only by the design of Jesus Christ is there both unique gifting and unity among the body. Only Jesus Christ is somebody who would make us as a body. And, and it says that and if, I, if I'm given the foot roll, I shouldn't despise the one who's the eye or the, the hand or the hip. Like, like all these roles are made to be a body that flourishes. And it's only to the credit of our great Savior, Jesus Christ, to design it that way. My final question would be, I mean, what's the difference between a team that fulfills cookie cutter job description versus a team that's like, that's bringing their juice? What is a team that's walking in their, their juice per se? What does that look like acted out? As your team feels the freedom and the, the love, the confidence to try things that they haven't done before and to challenge themselves. And certainly there are areas where we can grow. I mean, I'm not, my favorite thing is not speaking into a microphone, but I can, I can step out and, <laughs> and grow in ways, you know, that maybe are not my safe area, but just them having the freedom to come and, and say, Hey, I'm struggling here. This isn't, this isn't my job description this summer. And I know we went over this coaches conference, but I just feel like I'm, I've tried and I, it's just not clicking for me. Can you help me? Can you look and see what areas I can do better or how I can do this differently? Or, you know, just allowing them to shift and to maybe have someone else step in and do that. Being humble enough to express, hey, I'm I'm struggling here and I need your help. And maybe it's just somebody else coming alongside to, to bring them up um, in that area of struggle. But I think one thing that we talk about in our family and with the boys and just in relationships in general is just expecting the best in everybody. So when I see a situation and I might be frustrated, I say, what were, you know, what were Keith's good intentions in that? I may not that may not be my first default response when I feel hurt. I can go to him and just say, hey, help me here, because I think communicating, expecting the best and and being free to to give people space to to shift and grow and and learn.
Yeah. Let me close this way. A charge to just each individual personally, and I think Keith did a great job of summing this up, is just be okay being who you are. You know, self-discovery is a process. And as you become more intimately acquainted with how your creator created you, you'll get to experience joy and purpose on another level. Instead of looking to the person to your left or your right and trying to be like them, look in the mirror and try and be like you. God made you special. He made you with a special purpose. So be you. And to the leaders out there, I want to issue the charge to take the time to help your team discover who they are, celebrate who they are. If they're in a, a seat where they're struggling, maybe it's not on them. Maybe it's on you as a leader and where you need to lean in and rediscover who that person is and put them in a situation where they can thrive. I mean, that's a, that's a big responsibility for a leader is to put the people in the right seat of the bus to where they can really be successful. What I think is so fun about this is just seeing the creator's hand in all of us and, and just how intimately acquainted with all of our ways that he is. And, and, uh, and so we, we can rest in that and feel the value that God has on us today. And so, uh, Keith and Hope, thank you so much for being with us today. Joe Sewell, thanks for sitting in the uh, in shotgun over there and helping lead our conversation. We thank you, our listening audience, for spending time with us today. We hope today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm Third approach to family leadership and spiritual growth. And with that, we would love to pray for you. Father, we come to you today and we just lift up our listeners and we uh, just pray that they would be encouraged today, that any insecurities that are associated with comparison would evaporate right here and now and that they would feel loved like never before that they would feel confidence in who they are and how you made them and if there's question marks of like what is my gifting like what am i made for that you would reveal those little intricacies in their design to them lord and that it would be a joyful process to discover them and then employ those gifts to build up others in jesus name we pray amen we hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canacuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacook, you can visit canacook.com.